morning, ladies and gentlemen, of course. I'm your host, Jessica Lee, and welcome back to another episode of I Don't Give a Sip, where we dish about the latest influencer insanity, bring you educational content to improve your own health and fitness, and answer all of your questions, both serious and not so much. Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe, as that helps us get this content out to as many of you beautiful people as possible. Grab the carafe, fill up your mug, sip back, and enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to I Don't Give a Sip. Our first episode, we kind of messed up and we called it the Tuesday Tea. It's because I got used to saying, welcome back to the Tuesday Tea, everybody. I almost didn't even notice it. But anyway, so today's episode, we are going to be doing a Q&A style and we have our lovely guest, Carly. Carly is a new addition to the Gifted Performance family. She is one of our coaches here. Um... And yeah, so this episode is just going to be going over a few questions, um, Q&A style. Uh, Carly, do you want to give us a little intro to let the listeners know um, your background, where yeah. you're coming from, um, maybe what coaching you're doing for Gifted, Yeah, and cool. then we'll get started. Cool. And then one fun fact about yourself. Ooh. It doesn't have to be like fitness related, Ooh. or you can start with that one. Okay. Just to um, like ice break. Let's just happen organically. Um, so <laughs> first of all, um, I'm super excited to be here. Super excited. Yay. Um, sipping my tea here, joining you ladies. Hell yeah. Um, yes. so a bit about me, um, formally education. Um, I spent a, a while at UCF. Um, I got my, uh, my doctorate in exercise physiology. Um, while I was there, I did a lot with, uh, sport nutrition, um, supplements, resistance training, things like that. Uh, we worked in the human performance lab. Um, that was an experience of a lifetime, exhausting, you know, rewarding, all of those things. After UCF, um, I actually went on to uh, a small, very private university, or very small, excuse me, private university, um, a little south of Orlando, directed a program, taught some courses, uh, and then got pregnant. And once baby came, I have been a full-time mama since. Yeah. And you bake cool treats. I do. Yeah. So, um, in my time, those first few months are a whirlwind after the baby arrives. Um, so, you know, it was just a concept for a while, um, to be baking, you know, be, be cooking, doing anything other than baby duty. Right. And just maintaining a household. Um, but after probably the first six months where you come out of that, uh, that sort of haze, uh, after that, there's just it's like a series of naps, right? And <laughs> over like the course of six months, it's like, what, what day is it? Where have I been? Um, yeah, I kind of emerged and I had this idea, this seed of a, an idea and um, Dr. Mom Bakes was born. Uh, and from there, you know, it's just been sort of a, a slow and steady process of gaining attention and, and um, I hear dogs. And um, <laughs> Yeah, all sorts of fun. As far as coaching, um, informally, I have helped uh, a variety of, usually it's like coworkers and things like that, you know, or, hey, I need some help with my diet. Can you look at things? Or, um, you know, hey, I'm, I'm my doctor just said that I need to cut this out of my diet. What sorts of things should I be replacing it with? So, um, yeah, it's really just been sort of like my 
um, acts of kindness and my, you know, sort of caring for others where the coaching has come in. So now here, I'm excited that we're short, sort of shifting gears and it's a more formal um, setting. Yeah. Wait, so what is um, Dr. Mom Bakes? I had yeah. no idea that you did that. Yeah, Dr. Mom Bakes. So um, for the longest, um, I have been, so my husband is, um, he works in medical devices. So he's gone all the time and yeah. he has a very hard time finding time to eat. So my MO was how can I pack, you know, something that's energy dense, nutrient dense into a bite right? That he can just real quick run out to his truck, you know, cram and get back to work, get after it. And, um, you know, then it became like, okay, let's add some, uh, you know, healthy fats and proteins and all of the goodies, all the things that we need, um, to, you know, sustain life and, and make things, um, you know, enjoyable along the way. So for years and years, I've been making these little treats for him, little bars, things like that. And, um, you know, baking for friends, family, things like that. And then finally it just kind of turned into like, Hey, you know, people actually will pay for these things. You know, they want these things and they want them on demand. So Dr. Mom Bakes is a custom bakery. Um, I take orders from people who are just, you know, Hey, I've been really craving this and that. Can you make this for me? Right. Any kind of flavor, any which way you'd like. Um, sure. Why not? Just give me a few minutes, a few hours. I'll whip it together and I'll, you know, I'll deliver it. So that's no Dr. way. Yeah. It's been I fun. I have no idea. Really fun. Yeah. yeah I can imagine. From a young age, I've just been like obsessed with food. I was a little junk. I was well, husky. <laughs> Call me husky. I was husky. Um, and then I just kind of developed this obsession with food, but with nutrition and like cleaning up, you know, those, those sort of naughty stick to your bones recipes and, and making them um, fresh. And, Fit friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy. And um yeah. So it's, you know, that's just kind of my, my brand, my niche. Wow. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. way cool. <laughs> no. All right. Well, that's Carly, everyone. What's up? Welcome. 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 We're very happy to have you here. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. You mm -hmm. are our first official guest, actually. Cool. Uh, Jimmy Unless and you I. Unless Ryan in the beginning. Well, that's true. Yeah, okay, did. so I guess technically we... he was our moderator. Yeah, she was the first female guest. Even though Ryan used to say, "Hey guys, it's your resident female, Ryan." <laughs> <laughs> I can you hear. You don't want to listen to some old uh, Tuesday yeah. Tea episodes. Those ones are really funny, though. At least they. Um, I don't think they were very educational, but they were very funny. So good times. All right, peeps. All right, so um, I guess let's just dive into our first question, shall we, that's ladies? Right. Yeah. Um. Do you have a hard time trusting doctors when they are so, uh, I don't want to say uneducated, that's the wrong word to use. I want to say Uninformed. disconnected is a good word. Disconnected, yeah. Say like both of you talked at the same time. Disconnected? Yeah. Okay. Disconnected from, yeah. okay, or uninformed from the nutrition world, maybe fitness world a little bit we get some like if we get training in there if we get, like an athlete that's going to the doctor um do we have a hard time trusting the doctors um you know i i get questions from clients um often when i tell them one thing and then they go to the doctor and the doctor tells them the opposite so that's kind of where this question facilitated itself. Yeah. And I figured it would be good because we all have um, different backgrounds here. So I think having all three of us kind of chat about it was the right move, in my yeah. opinion, anyway. Um, 
So, Jimmy, do you want to go first? Do you want yeah, to kind actually, of give us? Just talking about it now also made me realize that I used to have competitive gymnasts' parents come to me and their doctors had told them their kids were like overweight when they were very obviously not they had like cap delts and abs but because their bmi was like on the higher end because they were so buff because they spent their entire life in a gym and then they, they would come to me and they'd be like what do i do like you don't do anything your kids are in great shape they spend 15 hours in a gym that i see what you feed them there you're feeding them great food like the bmi is just kind of like a it's almost an outdated system of measurement like yeah. one i i would just honestly encourage you not to weigh your kid because unless you notice that she's put on like 25 pounds in a month like if your kid is spending this much time in the gym eating healthy food sleeping well growing you shouldn't be listening to your like and that is like a few and far between type of situation but I, I don't know why that just sparked that memory that i was like you don't need to have your kids stop eating that banana and peanut butter when she's walking in that's good that's good please let her eat that like she's fine yeah um, i also feel like that, that could um that could like cause a poor relationship with the scale early and on food. Oh, yeah. and food early yeah. on for the child if I mean, to some degree, I mean, you know, I've seen younger kids that are actually like overweight um, and it becomes like a concerning issue. But for like those kids that are just generally athletic, maybe they have a little bit more muscle mass for their age and it causes like their BMI to be um, in a quote unquote concerning area in the doctor's eyes. And then to have that kid then be... um, not necessarily forced, but pressured maybe into having to pay attention to their weight, having to pay attention to what foods they're eating. I could definitely see how that would cause um, a poor relationship with food. Uh, so it's early just like on. embarrassing, like to be yeah, as a kid, like an athletic girl who's already built differently than the rest of like her classmates, and you're going to the doctor and they're telling you that you're overweight and like pushing the lines of like obesity when you're very clearly not, you're just out yeah. of the like weight range for your age. So the thing for me, BMI, yes, they have BMI scales for um, children or youth, and they also have adults, obviously. But the thing for me, universally, regardless of the age, is that BMI lacks context, right? So it's like, oh, you have a, a bodybuilder here whose BMI is, I don't know, 47, right? What kinds of alarms are being set off by that? when really it should be contextualized into, hey, what's your lifestyle? Is it, you know, what percent body fat do you have? Instead of, you know, how does your height and weight, you know, where do they meet Just on divide this? divide out. Yeah, yeah. Um, BMI, in my opinion, um, is garbage, if I can say yeah. that. I always garbage. think, and I get like, and I hate the term triggered, but I get like really triggered when it comes to like kids, just because I've worked with them my entire life. And like, I've seen adults now who have a bad relationship with eating and a bad relationship with the scale because of things that their coaches had told them like when they were kids but imagine it being your doctor imagine being like 15 years old and having your doctor tell you that you're overweight when you're spending again 15 20 hours in a gym dedicating your life to a sport that you absolutely love yeah 
eating well enough to get yourself through these practices. Like I definitely had my handful of kids who are eating Fritos like in the back room. Um, but usually those are like the skinny ones and they don't really even overlook. But like most gymnasts now, because we've finally made a transition in that sport are big girls and they are like sustainable. They're powerful. Yeah. And like, it's not your nineties gymnasts. And like, that is something that I'm very proud of the sport for doing. Like if you look at your like lineup of college gymnasts now versus your lineup of college gymnasts in like the eighties, the weight difference is huge, but these girls are not getting as injured. They're not getting burnt out of the sport. They're not passing out on the floor because they haven't eaten anything. They have like good, like background nutrition. This is a whole different subject. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm on a diatribe, but, um, that's my, my, uh, yeah. Think, thorn in my heel when it comes to doctors using a scale like that. I think that you can also apply that like gymnastics um, like scenario to other sports as well. I feel like you we've seen a, a significant difference. It may be not in every sport, but I think of like, um, gosh, like when I was in high school, I played volleyball, I played basketball, I ran track and like I just remember seeing like some of these girls were very, very tiny that like ran track or that played volleyball. And now I don't, I mean, I don't pay attention to sports as much, but I feel like there's definitely a difference. Like there's a shift happening where maybe it's more of a societal thing, but we're being more accepting of all shapes and sizes when it comes to like sports. Again, I think the whole, there's that pressure of like being the right BMI or like mm -hmm. whatever, but I don't know. So Call it for listeners, BMI is body mass index, yeah. right? Just just yep. so we're clear. And it's just the relationship of height to weight um, or mass rather, body mass. Um, but it doesn't take into account body composition. And that's really the issue, um, regardless of whether you're talking about a youth you know, a, a youth athlete, um, someone who's in that young population or a middle-aged healthy person or an older adult. Um, body mass index, uh, you know, there are quote unquote norms for all of those. Um, so to get back to the original question, the yeah. sort of like uninformed or, you know, we're, we're saying uneducated doctors, um, not uneducated doctors, uneducated on nutrition, right? Um, yeah. There, there's this, and I don't know where it started. There's this like um, aura of omniscience. Like we assume that doctors, we kind of uphold them on this, like this podium of like, they are these all knowing beings. Right. And yeah, under mm -hmm. that umbrella is like, we just assume that they also know every single thing about nutrition, not just for general pop, not just for athletes, also for pregnant women, also for athletes, you know, so it's like the elderly, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's, there are huge, um, you know, sort of voids in the curriculum where they don't touch on, you know, the nitty gritties of nutrition. It's just like, here's an intro. This is what a carb is. Um, here's some protein and some veggies and that's it. Right. Or yep. some, um, some fat um, and that's it. So do we have a hard time trusting doctors because they don't have much uh, education, you know, as far as the specific nutrition? Yeah. I think it's probably a good idea to be hesitant. Yeah, yeah. I, um... or see a specialist. I guess if you like are really having like health concerns, like with your nutrition, there are tons of like registered dietitians, nutritionists, and stuff. Like mm -hmm. you, 
might have to do your own homework in that situation. If this is, it's not really a known fact until you listen to this about there being gaps in like their teaching. But like even thinking back to like when I thought I was going to be a nurse and I did like nutrition 101 mm-hmm. and like the second med terms in 102 when yeah. we learned about nutrition, I watched a fake soap opera about kids who ate and like drank alcohol and smoked weed. And that's all we did. That was my nutrition 101 class. And like that's UCF. Like that's like a nice school that's not like um shitty public school (laughs) well yeah like now because i'm in school still right and um all my courses are nutrition based so i guess for me um but even then like some of the nutrition that i'm learning or that they're teaching it and granted it could be depending on like the university or what school district all that kind of stuff but like the stuff that they're teaching nutrition degrees or nutrition majors is so surface level. I'm almost Mm -hmm. like, why am I even back in school? Like, and it's frustrating to say that because like, and I'll probably get shit for it because I'm spending thousands of dollars for a professor (laughs) to tell me what a protein is when I already knew what a protein was three years ago, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And like, to me, it makes me question Like, we already know that, like, doctors, unless they've changed their programming, which I don't think they have, but I'm pretty sure doctors don't have to go through more than a couple of nutrition courses throughout their entire, like, medical school journey. And so that, to me, is concerning because here I am taking 18 credits a semester, all nutrition, and I'm learning stuff that I learned through a certification that I got online. That mm-hmm. if that gets my point across, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So it's just, it's, it's scary. So like when I have clients that come to me and they have all these health concerns and their doctor just puts them on a medication for it, instead of taking the time to look at their diet, look at, um, you know, family medical history, take a, take into consideration the environment that they're in, maybe the environment that they grew up in, um, it's so crazy to me that then I'll have a client that comes to me when I explain to them, well, we need this, this, and this, or X, Y, and Z in order to help with, you know, your, uh, your pre-diabetic. So let's take a look at the diet. Let's adjust where you're spacing out your meals. What are you eating in a meal? Are you getting enough protein, fat, and carb and the right ratios together? All that kind of stuff. And they had no idea that that's what they could have done instead of taking medication to kind of slow the process of them becoming diabetic. Sure, yeah. So um, I think, I just want to be clear, I don't think that there's anything wrong with um, doctors. I, I'm not mm-hmm. anti-doctor. Yeah, this isn't like a, not what we're saying. <laughs> no, but I do, I just, I want to make sure that like that, that message is clear. Like, yeah, doctors serve an essential purpose, right? But nutrition counseling Agreed. isn't one of them. And I think that's, that that back to my original point is like where along the lines did we put doctors on a podium when it's like are they they the only ones who work really hard and make lots of money no that's a great avenue for that if that's your Mm -hmm. you know your your um, desired end result but the nutrition counseling is where it's like no that's just not you know that's not under their um, purview so we shouldn't be seeking nutrition advice from an md uh as strange as that sounds um yeah but I do have a story to share with you guys, actually, based on that. We love so stories. When I was, I was, gosh, 18 or 19 years old, um, I was, um, I went to see a doctor for just like, I think I was just like, eh, it's been a while. I should probably just go see a doctor. 
um, you know, get like blood work and stuff done. So um, go see a, a new doctor and he, you know, does his blood work after, after one blood draw, um, we get the results back and he says, oh, you're um, TSH or T4, one of them. He's like, you have hypothyroidism. So I, I left the office with a script for levothyroxine or Synthroid, which is the, um, the medication for a low active um, thyroid. I'm like, okay, whatever. That sounds good. But just to your point, it's like nowhere along those lines, nowhere in that process was there like a, hey, let's review your physical activity, your micronutrient intake, because we know that those are essential for a proper functioning thyroid. Um, what's your diet like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so for a year I was on this medication and finally I was like, no, like I don't think I, I don't, I'm too young for yeah. this to be, you know, mm-hmm. sort of just like on this train for the rest of my life. Um, so I took myself off and through just my own research, you know, found, uh, nutrition and, and, uh, different types of activities that I could do. And, um, you know, um, like uh, selenium and iodine and things like that. Vitamins and like minerals and things that you can like supplement with. And you know what I did after a year of being off of it, I went to a new doctor and didn't tell her anything about having any history of hypothyroidism. And she got my blood work back and she's like, everything looks great. So yeah. Yeah. So crazy. So it it does, it gives you trust issues. So it's like, I didn't really have Especially if you've like been in a situation like that. Like I, even when we were at like just, talking about these questions like i have avoided doctors for a very yeah. long time i do my yearly and i sit there and i get my stuff done and i go home and i don't really talk about the things that i have except for like my seasonal allergies have been really bad and that's about it so um until recently when we got pregnant and now i have a monthly appointment or sometimes twice a month and um that she has not talked to me if we're gonna go like the nutrition route she has not talked to me once about foods that i should be eating so i got a lot of foods that i can't eat like the typical like i can't eat raw fish like make sure all your meats are cooked cannot have deli meat all the cool stuff the blue cheese and brie and unpasteurized things um but i never got told like hey like you should be eating uh eggs that have choline in them like for your baby brain, mm-hmm. like all these things I've learned because of Ryan and Dom and all the guys on my team who have had babies um, or have had pregnant wives that they did their own research. And I now have way more vitamins than I will. I told Ryan last night after I had this baby, I'm never taking a vitamin ever again in my entire <laughs> life. I'm done because of the amount that I have to take yeah. uh, every day, which is like, I mean, most people who take their prenatal vitamins, it's like one. I don't know why. I take three. Okay, day. that's. Yeah, I used. To, I have just, just to let you know, I, I still take prenatals, and I'm baby I, girl is fourteen and a half months. Yeah, you feel like they do they help? Do they get afterwards? So it's not that they help. It's they that afterwards? they well. So yes, but not the way that I think you're assuming. So um, we also need a lot of those nutrients when we're lactating. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So when I'm done breastfeeding, also I'm never taking another fight. That's not. I'm not being serious. I'm just tired of. I'm not a good pill taker. And if you guys would watch me just do the ten pills that I have to take, it takes me like twenty minutes. Yeah. And I have to do them before bed because, like, if I do them in the day, even splitting them up, it makes me so sick. And you need to get those little, this uh, like, those little greenies, like we give our dogs. I, yeah, I know. Well, like a, a peanut butter chewable. 
Uh, wrap it Why don't you try a sandwich? Pop them in wrap and your uh, vitamins and cheese. <laughs> yeah, or ham. I can only. That's what I used to do with my dog. No ham. Wrap no. the medication and cheese and feed it. <laughs> okay, just, but yeah. I know I'm being a big baby about that. Anyway, um, but yeah, I think I, this is my chance to talk to doctors, and I probably just won't. So I'll what? Just do my thing. What are your thoughts on, like? I guess let's go through the stages, right? Because like Jimmy, you said this before we started the podcast, we kind of have, with all three of us here, we have like the different stages of, I'm not trying to get pregnant by any means, but when it <laughs> is that time, I want to know what to do, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. what are the things that someone can do when they are trying to have a baby that you probably won't hear doctors tell them to do? Um. So... I feel like I'm way over my head in that question because Ryan and I were not trying to have a baby. And I guess I can list the things that I was doing. Um, <laughs> so, like, it was more of a surprise now that we are not very excited and very um, happy to be having a baby. We um, we just weren't actively trying. Um, but I am a very active person and I do a lot of physical activity and I eat generally pretty well. I feel like that's like a very kind of band-aid idea mm -hmm. but i don't know i don't know anything specific so this is where i am over my head in that question yeah so i think back to one of the points you made a few moments ago jess was that um you don't get a lot of um nutrition guidance or suggestions or anything like that really from a um even like your ob right yeah um because it's such an individualized process. I mean, you have people who have aversions to everything, right? And by people, I'm specifying women. You have women who, like, I couldn't, I couldn't even stand this, the smell of my coffee in the morning. And that's something that I like, I wake up and I'm like, mm, I get to have my coffee, you know, like, that's who I am. But pregnancy was like, nope. And I told you guys, I crave um, egg whites and yellow mustard. Um, you know, so there's kind of like, you can give all of these suggestions, but ultimately there's that list of like, just don't go here. Just don't eat these things because everything else is fair game. And you kind of just have to figure out like, if this is what I can tolerate, if this is what I can keep down, then so be it. Right. Um, a big misconception is that pregnant women need to eat a whole lot more. And that's just mm -hmm. not true. Um, really, we only need a couple hundred more calories every day. And that's you know, a couple of energy balls, that's a, an extra protein bar or, you know, right. a, a spoonful of, of peanut butter. Yeah. Or some, you know, yogurt and fruit, whatever. Um, but yeah, ultimately the nutrition demands don't necessarily change all that much. It's, I guess that's kind of why there's this loose guidance. It's like, hey, just avoid these certain things. Cause these we know can actually harm you and or baby. What um, about, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to bring something about, up about aversion. Like smell aversion was the first way that I knew that I was pregnant mm -hmm. because I could not be in the house when someone was using our toaster. It <laughs> smelled like burnt hair and dying people. I, to this day, I cannot, like no one in the house can use that toaster. Burnt um, hair, dying yeah, people. people. I, I cannot explain how much. And like, I've been talking about this for a while. Like I haven't actually been able to smell since August. So, like, oh. that was my first coming back to smelling things. And I was like, this is it. My whole life is ruined. And then two weeks later after that all started, I found out that I was pregnant and I still can't smell that. Um, lots of things in the house are like that, though. Um, most hot meats 
Anything that's like cooked, I, I can't see the smell of. So here I am eating hard-boiled eggs every day. Really? That's, my heart. that's your yeah. choice? Yeah. Oh, that's like man. the only cold protein that I can eat. Or yogurt. So like hard-boiled eggs and yogurt. Or cold chicken nuggets that you buy that are already cooked. Which probably is not like the best choice for me. But And I can only like microwave them for like 30 seconds and... And then they get too hot. Okay, but that's my diatribe, guys. If you start smelling stuff weird, just be careful out there. Be careful out there. Be careful out on these streets if you start smelling weird stuff in your house. Um, okay, so what about someone that is trying to get pregnant? Or like they're, they, them and their significant other are planning on having a baby, wanting to have a baby. I feel like there's so many times that... Um, I guess I can't say so many times. I can't speak for everybody. But, like, I've had clients that will come to me and say, hey, I'm trying to get pregnant. Do you think I should wait till after I have my baby and then we can work together? Like, what are your thoughts on that? And from my understanding, granted, I don't know everything by any means, hence why I'm still in school. But, like, from my understanding, if your diet is poor prior to getting pregnant or when you're trying to get pregnant, you're not active then, you know, or maybe if you don't check your hormones, if you don't get blood work done, something might be off there. All of these things can hinder the chances of you, like, getting pregnant. Would you guys uh, agree think, with that? Yes. I think evolutionarily, like, our bodies will get pregnant if we are in the right shape to get pregnant. So, like, if your body fat's super yep. low, your body's only, like, real goal right now is survival. So, like, mm -hmm. that's, like, why most women, like, lose their menstrual cycle when their body fat's too low. So, like, yeah. if you're dealing with someone whose, like, body fat is, like, in the scary zone, um, gaining weight for them would probably be, like, the best, um, I guess, helping suggestion. Um, I guess same with, like, people on the opposite side of the spectrum i don't really know how obesity plays a role in getting pregnant but i would assume that it's very similar in the fact that your body probably doesn't feel ready to have a baby because there's other things that need to be tackled first and it might just make it harder and i know that like there's lots of complications that come with being an overweight pregnant person um that i don't know again that's out of my scope of practice out of like the range that i know but i know that it's bad for you probably not the best for you to get pregnant if you're already very overweight um but yeah i mean take on that these are all ideals though because yeah like ideally we would be physically active going into pregnancy ideally we would be at a healthy weight you know ideally we would etc cetera, etc cetera. but look at how many people are out there just busting out babies you know yeah, like getting so pregnant not trying having a, a piss poor diet um chain smoking you know, drinking all sorts of things, whether it's alcohol yeah. or not, you know, it's like sometimes, yeah, like I agree with you, Annie, when you say like the body will do it when it's ready, but there's mm -hmm. also a lot of times where it's like, wait a second, I wasn't ready or I'm not primed, you know, physiologically for this when 
when nature calls, <laughs> nature's doing yeah, her thing. It's... <laughs> um, but you just I wake think, up one day. So there are a lot of um, things, Jess, and I think some of it maybe is culturally based, but I can't expand on that. That's just things that I've sort of picked up along the way, my own assumptions. Um, there are certain things like foods, for example, or different supplements where they're suggested or said to, you know, boost fertility or um, the same way, you know, we hear about like aphrodisiacs, you know, they're supposed to boost, um, you know, your um, sexual arousal, things like that. Or um, another example, there's certain types of foods you can eat that will actually um, or should um, help induce labor, right? Certain foods like that. Like but spicy foods. Yeah, spicy foods, um, dates, things like that, that actually contain like their own natural prostaglandins that thin the cervical um, wall and then allow for things to happen. But for some women, it's effective. Other women, it's like, that's baloney, you know? Um, so the nutrition advice for, um, for a pregnant woman is kind of a, an ambiguous, like a a gray area. And kind of same for like women who are trying to get pregnant. I mean, I know that, um, tracking your like cycle and your ovulation like that's like one thing that you can do that might actually give you like a peek into how your body's working because if you are actively trying to get pregnant in the times that your body is ready to get pregnant and it's still not working you might just have to see a specialist you might have to see someone it's it goes beyond nutrition it goes beyond training it goes deeper than that and like if you've struggled with things like um, not PCOS, what's the other one that I was thinking of? Endometriosis can cause infertility. And like a lot of women don't know that they have endometriosis because they're just used to having really bad period cramps and thinking that's just the way things are. Yeah. Um, there's just lots of things that like, I think that one's like a multi-layer, um, like issue. Also, like, I know that they always say if you are actively trying to get pregnant, that if you start taking prenatal vitamins, like things like folic acid or folinic acid um yeah at least you're ready you're already kind of prepared for if you do get pregnant um that's yeah. why like most birth controls are like mostly like folic acid and folinic acid because the likelihood of you getting pregnant is still there it's a slim chance but it's there yeah i guess um my mind for some reason just always goes to like our hormones and like how like different uh, stressors placed on the body from whether it be processed foods, whether it be overtraining, a very, very low caloric deficit for too long, all these different factors that play into placing stress on the body. I just assume or my mind kind of goes to the fact that that would affect chances of getting pregnant and then even if let's say mother nature is just like ah you're still getting pregnant even though you eat like shit and whatever which i mean we've seen it happen like it's a thing right um it makes me wonder it makes me wonder if like what are the pro okay so then that individual or that woman is going to go through pregnancy and then what's going to happen after pregnancy how is postpartum going to go for her is she going to have a harder time losing weight is um you know is there more of that increased risk of um you know having preeclampsia or i don't know if i said that right um or just things along that nature you know what i mean yeah 
So I don't have any, I, I can't give you experience for both sides. Um, but personally, I was um, very active going into pregnancy. We kind of, um, Annie, were like you and we, we got pregnant passively. We weren't actively yeah. trying, like, I'm ovulating. We need to do this. Let's go. Let's, yeah. let's go. But it was like a, um, we want family. You know, we want a yeah. family. If it happens now, cool. If it happens six months from now, that's also really cool. Um, but I will say my experience was, um, I was very active going into pregnancy, had a clean diet going into, um, my doctor actually tried to tell me that my BMI was too low. Um, that's what they told when me I too. first got pregnant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, for me, and it's like the, the word it, I was like, I was triggered. It's the trigger. I like, Girl. I was like, don't even go there. Don't go there. It's <laughs> like, I'm five ten. Just look at me. There's all of this weight in between my head and my toes. Just calm down. <laughs> but, um, my experience postpartum, um, I bounced back very quickly. Like I even surprised myself. I kind of had prepared myself for like the doom and gloom of like, you're going to be like flip queen, you know, <laughs> like, um, I'm going to be this frumpy, lumpy, you know, and yes, my body has changed. It's all sorts of like mom bod now. Um, but I have, so the sisters that I told you were also pregnant at the same time. Um, you know, they all each gained weight in different ways, um, lost it at different rates. Um, and I can only attribute that to my assumption, um, that they, they were inactive going into pregnancy. Um, and I don't think they had like the poorest of diets, but I think physical activity was really the game changer, um, for me because, you know, you have things like, um, your abdominal walls are in shape. They can actually help support. They can bounce back quickly. Um, one of my husband's, um, friends, wives actually had the words are escaping me now, but, um, where her, um, her coning. Um, Oh no! Uh, no, I they actually split apart. Oh yeah, yeah ab something wrecked something. Yeah, uh -huh. really like yeah, split. And yeah, the words are just like yeah. poof out of my brain. It's right like now, but she actually has it. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know exactly um, what that's. Diastasis something. Di like diastasis something like that. recti. That sounds yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that it. Diastasis recti. But um, nonetheless, you know, she was sedentary individual as well. So for me, um, my answer or my response is yeah, physical activity was a game changer. Um, okay. or during pregnancy as well as afterward do you think well not do you think did your doctor or your ob uh throughout your pregnancy give you nutritional advice or no she didn't but i can't tell if that's because i told her my background and mm -hmm. she just was like mm, assuming just, you, you, you already have here. it yeah yeah i will say though i was actually kind of alarmed at how much pressure um when I say they, um, I'm saying just sort of like the medical community will put on weight gain during pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and I'm saying that, you know, as shocked because of the, the shape that I was in going into pregnancy where it's like, I think I gained a total of, um, 28 pounds, right around 30. That's like um, normal. Which was normal. Yeah, yeah. Which was normal. Um, and every, you know, you go to the doctor, soon you'll learn, you'll, you'll be in the doctor's office every month. Mm. Um, and then it's every two weeks and then it's every week. And you start to see this, this man or woman, whoever your OB is, and you start to expect, you know, what they're going to say, anticipate what they're going to say, oh, you gained three pounds this week, or hmm, you lost one pound this week. And it's like, but my baby's growing and she's healthy, healthy. And... So yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, now, if you're talking about someone who is going into pregnancy and they're um, heavily out of shape, and I guess I chose that word on purpose because mm. if you are someone who is, you know, um, carrying a lot of excess body fat, not um, any other tissue, but body fat specifically, yeah, you're probably going to have some issues. Yeah. Probably going to have some complications. Uh, it's going to be a harder time for you. When I got weighed at the doctor, uh, the lady gave me like a face. I was like, I feel like I look the way that I weigh. And then my doctor's like, oh, like, uh, we want you to gain like around 40 pounds. And I was like, okay. I was like, I don't really know how I do that considering I've lost six pounds because I've spent yeah. every day of the last three weeks throwing up. I was like, I went from, I think I went from one. 20 to around 114 and that's like when i got weighed like at the doctor i was like i don't usually weigh this much i haven't been able to eat anything for three weeks like so it's still it is common yeah it is common to lose weight in the beginning because i did too and i was like oh my god what's gonna happen (laughs) be a skeleton we're pretty resilient yeah Yeah. now i can eat hard-boiled eggs and yogurt and (laughs) here and there so and it's funny because like they do so it's not the doctors who I've found put a lot of pressure on healthy eating. It's like, it's almost social media and like my friends who are like, make sure yeah. you're eating like your broccoli and your microgreens and your salads and your salmon. Yeah. I was like, bitch, I can't even toast a bacon in my own house. <laughs> With a one like, to throw I, up. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how, like, it's not really fair yeah. to expect that much out of a person who can't like, can barely get out of bed and like can barely put any food in their system. And then like, mm-hmm. thankfully, like, tom who's gone through it with missy's like hell yeah you ate a cracker and a half yeah. like awesome like i've told him every time i've had like a real meal and and like this is not me advocating for having a coach because like not everybody has the luxury of affording a coach or having a coach pre-pregnancy but like every time i've had a real meal like the other night ryan cooked me a steak that i ate like 35 percent of and i was like i ate a steak and a potato mm-hmm. and he was like hell yeah like it's getting better like it's you're, you're getting through yeah. it like it'll be and just over. wait just wait until like i say three four months from now when you can crush a whole pub sub for an so entire excited. 24 ounce t-bone and you're like wait where'd it go where did it go <laughs> i haven't i will say when you're career, pl- but like, I can't eat large portions anymore. I think the humbling, you say that now, the humbling part was me putting my husband's leftovers away and wiping off the trash off of my plate because I had eaten more than him. <laughs> Didn't like regularly. It's a small wins that we like yeah. to, uh, we like to remember. Just, to yeah. Celebrate. Just give yourself a few months. You'll get there. <sighs> the beginning is always like, Bleh. I know I have exactly like one week left in this first trimester and I yeah. can't can't wait but you know what is going to be my luck i'm going to be one of those people who like the way you feel in your first trimester just like continues on because that's like what happened to my friend don't say that no (laughs) my mother-in-law said she was the same way she said she gave birth to my husband at a lower weight than she did when she got pregnant which is wild right yeah can you imagine like you've grown a child you've grown this baby and all this extra tissue and, yeah. and, you know, biological materials inside, yet you weigh less. Yeah, yeah. crazy. No, I hope that's, that's, that's like, that makes me wonder, like, was she okay after? I mean, obviously, if she's like, you know, your husband's fine, she's yeah. fine. But like, that's Of course, it, it warrants a lot of questions. Like, well, what kind of shape were you going into it? Did yeah, you actually like, did you have, have any you issues? You know, hyperemesis, that kind of thing. Was it like a medical condition or what? But, um, but yeah. 
She had and some every time I've told people that like they want me to gain 40 pounds and I'm like that I'm worried about it, they're like, oh, you'll bounce back. You'll look fine. I was like, do you think I'm worried about the way I look? Like that's not what I'm like. Yeah. I'm worried about like just the whole process of it. Like it's a hard thing to do again. So since like I can't eat, it's just not, I don't know. I want to do like exactly a, what they say. That's a, that's a cool point though, that you're saying, like, do you think that I care about the way that I look? Because you obviously, there are two very stark different, you know, the answers that you could get to that question. Yes. So there's like a, uh, absolutely. My career is based on, you know, my, my yeah. physique or mm-hmm. the way that I look. And then there's others who are like, what do you mean? I don't care right? Like I live inside my house. I work from home, that kind of thing. Um, so you have drastic differences in the response to that, but in a community where everything is so, um, you know, focused on what do we look like? You know, how do we look, how do we bounce back? Right. Like some of my students, when this is when I was still teaching and I was pregnant, um, they were like my biggest fans and I miss them so much. Those students, but one girl in particular, she was like, um, you're going to be like Kate Middleton. You're going to just like walk right out of the hospital and look like you never had a baby. Cause do you remember that? I, I, I remember seeing like a, some more, one of those garbage magazines, like when you're checking out at the grocery uh, like store, us, yeah. it was like Kate Middleton had a baby yesterday and she's back in her, you know, size double zero, yada, yada. And it was like, never in my life. But, yeah. um, but, but yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's a real thing though. Cause I've had clients that will have gotten pregnant and then, We'll be like, hey, so like, re- like just got pregnant and like we'll work together leading up to certain trimesters where we just kind of take a pause or a little break. But like I've had clients or women, I should say that have said like, okay, I'm pregnant, but can you still put me on a caloric deficit or on a diet oh, yeah, to where Ryan's I lose weight? Question. Yeah, to where I lose weight until you know, I have to start eating more for the baby. I'm like, sister, you have to eat more for the baby right now, (laughs) especially if you're training. And Uh so, but like, that's the thing. And I think that pressure comes from, it's like a societal pressure where it's like you constantly, you know, if you're on social media a lot, if you're watching TV a lot, whatever it is, like you always have that constant reminder of like, oh, don't forget to weigh yourself and make sure you yeah. lost five pounds. Like, you know, like it's like, it's a, I, it's a problem, I think, especially for, I mean, I can't speak for men, but for women, I, I can only imagine like being pregnant. And then my top priority in my mind is to make sure I'm still losing weight, even though I'm growing a baby at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so crazy. Um, that's yeah. That's a little warped. I mean, it's also kind of sad. Every- to yeah. each your own it is or yeah i guess they could be um i guess i'm just trying to put myself in those shoes that's tough it's really yeah well i think um, that's also a sign that we might need to talk to someone about the way that we feel about the way yeah. we look and the way we see food because yeah. like if you're you're taking a step in your life to become the least selfish version selfish version of yourself you're gonna have a baby like you, you already have to start like the selflessness early yeah. and yeah. like the oh, way yeah. that you look during your pregnancy it has to just kind of unfortunately fall by the wayside for a little bit yeah you're not gonna look your hottest has to be shelved for a few months yeah i mean i get like getting after it when you're when you push it out and then get back to like fitness and stuff but like that also really can't be your like main priority main priority needs to be taking care of the small thing that you just birthed that you just spent nine months basically creating and building inside of you 
going through all the things that you go through sustaining that life comes first and then remembering that you want a hot bod comes third to fifth to seventh <laughs> hot bod i think yeah, this is just um, end up buying a new bathing suit yeah and everything like... works out <laughs> i mean i can't speak for you know <coughs> being a mom because i'm not but i feel like once you become a mom like i've heard so many people say that like once you have your baby and like you go in full mom mode you kind of just it's like all about the baby like you're kind of just like oh screw it if i weigh yeah, that's what carly was whatever saying. oh there's like, no time for you yeah. or for like for mom there's no me time as mommy yeah, yeah but just... but with that because you're so busy and then when they start walking and then running and then falling because they're like little drunk people you lose weight because you're just running chasing around all yeah. the time chasing chasing a little you know devil yeah um <laughs> my she's an angel i shouldn't say that um <laughs> she's, she's wild and crazy but she yeah but um and and you know lactating is your um your uh, metabolic rate is amped up like crazy yeah. so if moms are concerned about the weight loss um you know there there are things that work, are going to work in your favor but uh, ultimately, yes, the priority is baby, healthy baby, happy baby, hungry baby, all these things. Yeah. So I don't remember Trump if this baby. was, um, yeah. if this was before we started recording and you had said this, Carly, if this was like earlier in the podcast, but you had mentioned how um, when you're lactating and um, like people assume that you have to consume a ton of more calories than like mm -hmm. maintenance level calories but you had made a comment saying that actually it's like maybe a couple more hundred calories and like you should be okay oh, yeah, um, yeah early even like i'm sorry were you done with the question oh no i was just gonna have you go over that because i couldn't remember if you said it before we started recording um and i'm just curious to know like your thoughts on for a client that is um you know, just had their baby, is breastfeeding, what, how do they gauge, if they're not working with a coach, how do they gauge how many calories they should be at? Like, should they pay attention to um, just like intuitively eating, to, like if they're hungry, or if they should pay attention to macro ratio, how much that plays a role? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I can only share my experience. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, feel comfortable giving anybody any any strong suggestions um but i i am a big advocate of the intuitive eating um and i think that that's an appropriate approach for someone if if they feel comfortable with you know making the right decisions if yeah. they feel like they're knowledgeable enough right if you um put the tool in the wrong person's hand they're not going to know what to do with it right so <clears throat> Early on in the pregnancy, mamas don't need much more. You can pretty much maintain your diet as usual. But when baby starts growing bigger and bigger and you got a little watermelon in there um, and then a big pineapple, if you follow mm -hmm. your what to expect. I um, do. Mm -hmm. Shapes throughout strawberry. the week. We're currently <laughs> you know, at a strawberry. A strawberry. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, you really only need like um, three to 500 extra calories per day, um, which is not as much as we think. Right. Yeah. Usually that's like the, the famous, like, oh, I'm eating for two. Yeah. Right. It's almost like the slogan for pregnancy when it's like, calm down. 
no, you're not. You're eating for you know, one yes, and a, an eighteenth of <laughs> There are two, down. yeah, exactly. There yeah. are two beings, but one is not a full-fledged hungry human, um, you know, just itty-bitty, you know, strawberry. Strawberry size. Just a couple extra nutrients. Um, but yeah, there's only a couple hundred extra that you really need in a day. Um, and the same, that carries over into lactating. But for me, my, um, my experience with the intuitive eating was just kind of, you know, just let it happen. I will say the only thing that made me uncomfortable was how many carbs my body was craving. Cause mm. typically I'm not a huge carb. Me neither. Eater. I'm like, no. I'm the kind of person who like looks at a plate of pasta and like, I immediately am bloated. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't even taken a bite. Yeah. That's how sensitive I am. So to be all of a sudden, like eating half a box of granola was like, who is this beast and where am I, you know, where did <laughs> yeah, my old my self go? Person? But, but it's, it's needed, you know, all of those nutrients are going to baby. Um, I can't say, I don't want to say half a box of granola is needed, but yeah, nutrients emotionally needed. (laughs) Emotionally. Yeah. 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 And you also factor in sleep deprivation, which does all sorts of wonky things with your cravings, your appetite. Um, you know, some people when they're sleep deprived, they have no appetite at all and others, they're just ravished. Yeah. No, and it's like what makes me crave Starbucks cake pops? Where's that one come from? I mean, I think that's just (laughs) (laughs) I actually want where our Starbucks is um like pretty close to our gym and one of the days I'm like following a like a fitness plan, like CrossFit fitness for like prenatal and postnatal um women. And one of my like activities is like a 30 minute walk. Actually, that's what I had today. It's just a 30 minute walk, which is like the most boring thing ever. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> the end of my 30 minute walk is Starbucks. So that's um, <laughs> unfortunately like way too close to my gym now. Um, that used to be our like quarter. What is it? That's like our 500 meter run too. I can make that a 30 minute walk uh, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so that's where I've been stopping all of my 30 minute walks at. But you know, emotionally, do what you need. Feel a lot better after the cake pop. So <laughs> physically, I don't know. But yeah. All right. Well, what yeah, about um, what about um, like I? F- how do I want to word this question? Um, so you mentioned like carbs, right? We need lots of carbs. What about proteins and fats? Even do you feel like um, I guess where I'm going with this is that, like, I feel like most of the time, because pregnant women are, like, you have those cravings and you're eating primarily more carbs than, you know, maybe a little bit more fat. But most of the time, some carb sources have hardly any protein, so protein tends to be a little bit low. Um, do you think that's an issue? Do you think that it should be a certain... Like, should you aim to try to get a protein source in with each meal while you're still enjoying those carbs that you're craving or? Um, yes. I mean, that's, it's just hard. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there's a cold, hard answer for it, but my approach was yes. Um, that's okay. just based on all of my, you know, uh, education and my training thus far. But what do you, how are you eating? You try and pair things like that too? Um. So... I would love to say yes, but every day has been so significantly different. There have been like the last two weeks have been the only two weeks so far that I've been able to actually sit down and eat like a whole meal, if that makes sense. And like my whole meals are not like what 
they used to be. So now I eat like grapes and cheese. And then I have like three hard boiled eggs. And like, it's, I don't know how to explain it. My, I have, we talked about aversions before and like hot meat until like a couple days ago was like the absolute bane of my existence. So like any protein that was like not coming straight out of the fridge, I couldn't eat. And like, then you are not allowed to eat deli meat and other cold meats. So you're like in this like weird like flux because I've talked to a lot of my girlfriends who had the same thing. They said they couldn't eat anything hot. Like any hot protein was like something that made them also want to throw up and you do everything in your power to not throw up in your first couple of weeks because that also just drains your energy and makes you want to just sleep all day. Um, but I I eat my like as much yogurt as I physically can stomach right now or I drink milk, which I've never drank milk. And, like I've never been like a milk drinker in my life but like I find myself like because in the beginning I was tracking my macros until it made me really sad to like see how little I like yeah. actually eat yes. in a day yeah so now it's become mm-hmm. like more of intuitively eating but like Carly said like if you have intuitively eating only works really for people who have a general understanding of nutrition so like because I've tracked my macros since 2012 I have a very good idea of what a whole meal should look like can i make a whole meal look like a whole meal right now not really the idea of a broccoli was also like freaking me out for a long time um i the only vegetable that's not even a vegetable that i could eat in the beginning was corn and like that's technically Mm, a grain that's a carb it's not it doesn't even have like vegetable (laughs) nutrients in it so and i tried salads yeah and that was like what i ate every lunch for years it's weird. It's definitely like a, a total case by case basis, like conversation to have with each individual pregnant person because everyone's aversions differ, everyone's tastes differ. And for me, yeah. I could eat a Chick fil A sandwich two days ago, and now the thought of a Chick fil A sandwich like really grosses me out. Yeah. So I can't, like, there's no it's consistency temporary. for me. Yeah, it is it's temporary. temporary. So like, once I will you get say, past this, it gets normal again, I guess. Mm -hmm. so here's here's the thing like i've always had issue with the nutritional recommendations for general pop um because they're so different from especially like you compare general population nutrition to sport nutrition right they're so different particularly in the areas of um your protein and your carbohydrate needs right so then add into that hey let's also grow a baby inside So the recommendation is to increase protein intake, right? And then um, I think the the nutrition authorities for pregnancy say we need to get somewhere between 70 and 100 grams per day, which is like half of what I get already. You know what I mean? And so for like an athlete who's already eating more than that, it's like, well, then so where do I go with this information? That's not helpful at all. So you know what I mean? eat it's also just shots in the dark yeah yeah <laughs> which is exactly what i don't want to do yeah there's conflicting Ryan's always had me, like, sure. shoot way over in protein i mean i can't even get like close yeah to where i was pre-pregnancy but yeah. um that but it's kind of helped just me, remember like, that it's temporary create, like a buffer yeah i <laughs> yeah. know um, working through it but 
what was I going to say? Um, I, I, I almost embarrassingly. So I had to lean a lot on my protein powders, um, or powder. I don't use more than one, just the one, but, um, <laughs> I mean, I just made sure that it's, it's a good solid source. Um, you know, so it's grass fed, it's not sweetened or anything like that. Um, and that was because there were so many days where I'm like, I cannot eat another bite. I mean, I was trying, like, I personally am really weird. I like my chicken way overcooked, like blasted, yeah, like I dusty I can... chicken. I love it. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. I couldn't eat any meat for like the yeah. first four months. So I'm like protein powder here, protein powder there, just throw it in everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You do what you got to do. Baby, she, she just... or he will never know what you, what you went through. Yeah. So I haven't like tried protein, but honestly, this all my stuff, like all of the things that I had issues with before this pregnancy have completely gone out the window. I like for a long time followed like a completely low FODMAP diet, like before we got pregnant and I was Mm -hmm. very diligent about the things that I ate. And now it's because I had such bad like stomach issues for a while and the low FODMAP diet really helped. Um, and like, I don't know what it was that I cut out and like, I was so nervous to add anything back that just keeping all of the stuffs out was working. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. when I got pregnant, all the foods that I was eating, I, I couldn't even think about putting in my like, body again. So, and I mean, like I have like a myriad of stomach issues now, but I know that they're not related to like IBS or whatever I thought like I was going through all that stuff's like in the past now now I'm just worried about like putting a food in my mouth and making it stay down and like having a third food for the day and not and I'm not spending the entire day just not eating because I'm scared to yeah. eat but um but yeah I thought I would be able to follow like a diet throughout this no. I mean, I know that it changes, so maybe like second trimester through the third trimester, I can follow not like a diet, like a like a lose weight diet, but like something more consistent. I've always been a very like consistent eater. Like I've always eaten the same like five or six things every day for a long time because like that helps my like other disabilities in my head when I can just look at the sa- the fridge and get the same like foods out of the fridge every single day. This has like been like a very like mentally taxing process. But I don't want this to scare anybody away from pregnancy. I feel like I'm like the, like just Just lay it all on on the shoulder. Um, I want to be realistic with people because like a lot of people sugarcoat things and like they don't give you like a real look into how things are going to be. And then you end up in a situation like me where I'm like, but what the fuck? No one told me anything like this. No one told me I couldn't get out of bed for like two weeks or how tired Mm. I was going to be or like how dizzy I am all the time or like I can't like work out the way that I want to work out it's it's definitely a life change in the beginning like yeah your your world is on your on its ear right now um but things things regulate and then you have a whole new set of uh clusterfuckery when baby arrives (laughs) I know that it only it's just like one of those like like uh wooden roller coasters right now and you're like at the the downhill for so long before it's an uphill but I think All right, we're ladies. I think we did out a, about an hour. Yeah, I think and I feel we did like a good we can job. keep going. So yeah. um, maybe we. I don't think we have very many questions left, or we save our last question for Do you, yeah we the can next store time. It. Yeah, or let's can, store it for next time. I think we kind of touched on it a little bit, but we can store it for next time. 
Um, I think this was a really good, well-rounded episode for those that may also be questioning what they do nutrition-wise, um, whether you're trying to get pregnant, are pregnant, postpartum, or just lifestyle, trying to be your healthiest self. Um, trying to learn lots. Yeah, I think there's some good takeaways in this episode. So, um, yeah, I guess that's that's all from us. And yeah, welcome we'll to the show that doesn't have a sign off. We just say bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, we don't. <laughs> bye. Uh, sometimes I say like, comment, and subscribe, but I don't really know like a lot of the other like uh, YouTube yeah. algorithm. Um, what well, it's in. Words. I put it in the intro, so people have to listen to the intro, and that's good enough for me. Okay. All right. So, okay, everyone. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Boom. Bye. See you next Tuesday. Yeah.